I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we watch Blizzard very carefully. And this winter, we're actually watching real blizzards, but we're not really talking about them because nobody cares what we have to say. We're not meteorologists. Hi, I'm Matt. I'm the host. And with me this week are two just absolutely amazing co-hosts. Each of them could be bitten by a radioactive spider at any time, but it has not actually happened yet. Uh, first up, I'm going to introduce her first because why not? Uh, Anne Stickney. Anne, what have you been doing this weekend? Well, I haven't been bitten by a radioactive spider. But you did play with radiation in a form. Well, not really. It was more like my dad got injected with radioactive stuff or whatever. And he might bite you, and you might get his proportionate powers. He didn't really bite me, but he did ride in the car with me, so maybe I got radiated, like, secondhand radiation. I don't know. Secondhand I'm not really... dad radiation. Yeah, dad, dad radiation. <laughs> maybe now you'll know when where to trade your car in. You won't even, like, you'll just know. You'll have a sense. <laughs> A sixth sense for finding good deals at good prices or something. I don't know. I haven't started glowing in the dark, and neither has he as much as he really... Well, he didn't want to glow in the dark. He asked them if he would turn green. I think he really wanted to be the Hulk. <laughs> yeah. See, the thing is, I think that's just something you think, because when they, they made me like do the whole thing where they inject me and then take pictures of the insides of my body, yeah. like when I was doing the whole eye thing... And I, I asked the pretty much the same question. I think I, I asked if I would glow in the dark. I don't think I asked if I would turn green. But it's basically the same question. They The last time that we had this done, the nurse that was there was like very blasé about the whole thing. And she gave him the injection thing. And I wasn't watching for that. And I was like, are there any side effects that I should know about? She said, oh, no, no, there's not really anything. It's not like going to affect his appetite or anything. He might glow in the dark a little bit, but that's about it. And I turned around and I said, really? And I sounded like so eager. <laughs> yeah, finally, I won't need light. <laughs> and she was like... No, I was joking. And then the look of palpable disappointment on my face. <laughs> I think I'm she sorry, realized man. she shouldn't have made that joke with me because I was really gung-ho about it. I was like, I get radioactive dad? Like, really? This is cool. 
I'm Someone going to put him in a dark down. room. <laughs> I'm going to take footage. <laughs> this week on Radioactive Dad, Mitch. Put it up on Facebook week, for the fam. <laughs> um, go ahead. Follow up Radioactive Dad. I dare you. Oh, well, since you've challenged me, I was going to say you're not a meteorologist. You're a Matt's urologist. Uh, your name that is... just sounds like you're saying I'm a urologist. Matt's yeah. Rossi. Anyhow, what have I been up to? Um... Well, I was on vacation, and now I'm back, and it's cold, and I hate the cold. So I'm grumpy. So you went someplace really super warm and then came back to someplace really super cold? Yeah, but I did miss the week where, like, every day was below zero, so... And now it's only in the 30s, so... Up here, that's every every day, all the day. Yes, I do live in Michigan, and yes, I do hate the cold. It's not a great combo. Nope. Kind of a terrible Um, combo. Otherwise... California hate wildfires, I mean... (laughs) <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, not too much. Um, Heroes of the Storm, which is part of the today's news, but I was finishing up the uh, Winter Veil stuff last night, trying to get those last-minute crates, and uh, yeah. I think I got not everything I needed from Winter Veil, like World of Warcraft-wise. I didn't end up getting the pet, but... Uh. Oh, the, the Globe Yeti? Yeah. I lucked into the Globe Yeti. It was weird, because the thing is, is that thing was like... Uh, uh, frustratingly rare spawn I guess in the snow globes or whatever um, I logged on to my druid why did I log on to my druid I wanted to take her and run her through some quests on Argus and I had her parked by the tree in Ironforge because I was picking up the toys um, the alliance only toys so I turned to duck out and as I was running through the snow globe all of a sudden I noticed that there was a green paw print and I was like, oh, wait, it's the Yeti, and clicked on it and caught it. So I have one. Just right. one. Yeah, I would stop by every now and then, but I heard it was kind of a pain to farm, and I think they're probably I, I able to be sold in the auction house. I, and I think it was because it was like the middle of the night, so there really wasn't anybody online at that point in time. Ironford was yeah. mostly deserted. So, yeah, I just I, I literally just stumbled across it, though. I wasn't looking for it. I had been looking for it, like, since day one of the event and didn't get my hands on it. And I finally just gave up and said, eh, I'll find it later on the auction house or something. I don't care. <laughs> That's what I did, but I didn't end up looking into it. But okay. I was hoping I would. Well, you know, I'm just going to move on to news because I don't have anything to say about Winter Vale this year because I didn't do it. Sorry, guys. Oh, you didn't get I, the I toys just, or anything either? I just, just strip skipped it. I oh. don't know why. I wasn't feeling it this year. The toys but were interesting. I liked them. Do you, want to, do you want to do some news here? Because I'm reading this post that Anne wrote, actually, and I wanted to talk to her about it because this is fascinating to me. Um, apparently, Assassination Rogues and Balanced Druids have both been AOE crazy lately, uh, and they got nerfed because of it with the uh, reset. It wasn't really a nerf. It was, okay, so there was like, there was some weird stuff going on that Blizzard noticed. Um, Assassination Rogues and Balanced Druids were both doing kind of the same thing where they were favoring just spamming, outright spamming one spell instead of doing the usual single target rotation for their class. So for Assassination Rogues, that meant we were hitting Fan of Knives. We were just spamming it, which is fun in some circumstances. I mean, I I like Fan of Knives. I think it's a fun spell. It's got a neat You're visual. A there's fan something there, of it. There's there's shut up, Mitch. <laughs> there's something inherently satisfying about the noise it makes and and the knives like flying out in all directions. It's just it's fun. It's a fun spell to use. Um 
balanced druids were spamming moonfire, which is that's such an old thing. Full circle. But it was making a resurgence because moonfire it was basically due to the artifact traits for both assassination rogues and for balanced druids. There was something going on with the artifact traits and how they work together that made it more feasible from a DPS perspective to stand there and just spam that one spell over and over again instead of doing a single target rotation. Like, it it was just better in the long run for DPS. But it was also really boring because, like I said, there's like a certain amount of joy to be gained from spamming like gleefully spamming one spell for a while but if that's the only thing that you can do or if that's the best way to effectively dps it quickly loses its appeal so what blizzard did was they made some adjustments to the artifact traits that affect those spells in particular and they also bumped up damage in other areas so they it it was a nerf yes it was kind of a nerf to the way that these abilities were working that caused people to use them unnecessarily and then it was also a buff because they buffed the other abilities to kind of compensate for that so wax and wane for balanced druids wax and wane the damage bonus per stack was reduced to six percent from 25 percent which sounds kind of drastic right but at the same time, they increased the damage for Lunar Strike and Solar Wrath by 8% to, to compensate for it. So in theory, all of this is kind of balancing out. And the same thing happened with Assassination Rogues. Um, balance, or excuse me, Poison Knives, the artifact trait that it like kicks off your uh, deadly poison kind of instantly if you, if you hit with Fan of Knives. They reduced the damage to 3% per point. It was 4% per point. And then they also beefed up the amount of damage that Mutilate does by 20%. They beefed up Balance Blades, the bonus from Balance Blades, and then they also increased Deadly Poison triggered instant damage to encourage people to use the Mutilate rotation the way it's supposed to be used. Um, And it's weird. It's weird that it came down to that, but it wasn't like, it wasn't intentional on Blizzard's part. They never intended for that to happen. It was just how the numbers happened to fall. Well, that's happened before. That's happened dozens of times. I mean, I remember back in, going back all the way to Wrath, I mean, there was a point in time where they had to nerf uh, Whirlwind because it it made more sense as a a Fury Warrior in a raid. You would just spam Whirlwind. You used it as a single target. Right. Used it all the time. Used it every time it was up. That not was all you cast, it, yeah. and it was kind of boring. It got boring it wasn't, after a while. It wasn't quite all you cast, but it was it was ta- it was dominating rotations, and, and this has happened with lots of classes over the years. So I'm not. I mean, you mentioned it that this um, Moonfire spam. You've literally took me back to classic. I know because like, that's like, how oh it used God. to work. <laughs> that, yeah, was that was people, that was what everybody It was an did. ongoing moonfire, joke moonfire, that moonfire. that was what. Yeah. That that was yeah. what balanced druids, and honestly, that's what balanced druids did. They just spam yeah, that was like fire all the time. That, that one balanced druid you had in your raid, yeah, he was constantly moon firing things. That was all he did. I, I remember that. Yeah, y- yeah. So this all went into effect today with the hot fixes today. Um, so balanced druids and assassination rogues both got those changes, and they should be seeing. There's going to be a change in their performance, but the change in their performance means that that whole spamming technique that people were using, it's not so effective anymore. However, the usual rotation that they're supposed to be doing, like the the ideal core rotation, single target rotation for these classes, should be 
doing the optimal amount of damage to single targets. Um, and in theory, they've kind of balanced this out. So you aren't really losing any DPS. It's just how you get that damage de dealt out that has changed. If you really like hitting one button, go play a mage. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just remembering Frostfire Bolt from like Wrath. I loved that spell. Anyway. Yeah, well, we're talking about WoW. We might as well talk about the uh, legendary tokens. I don't, you know, Mitch wrote that up for us, so he's probably a good person to explain it. But they basically put this in in the PTR as a change to the way the system is now. So why don't you go over it, Mitch? Yeah, so what they did is, um, you know, a lot of people have kind of complained all expansion that it's too hard to get a legendary or that the RNG behind legendaries is terrible and that, oh, no, I got a legendary, but I'm not excited because it's the worst. So what they're doing is they're adding in a uh, way in 7.3.5 to get... It's basically uh, just a token that turns into a random legendary. And the bad luck protection, um, it, it doesn't affect that at all. So, like, it, it doesn't change the chance to get a legendary that uh, that you would have gotten from any other means. But it's just kind of a bonus way to get legendaries if you're trying to get all of them. But it uses the Awakening Essence uh currency or whatever you want to call it i can't remember if it's actually currency i think it is it uses that which is in the game it's a now. currency it's not something you collect in your bags it's something that goes on the currency tab yeah okay so it's it's in the game now and initially it was 175 to get this uh, legendary token but people you know that's not a that's not a ton considering upgrading right now costs 50 um so people have been uh stockpiling these for a while now or not for a while, but it, some people have just stockpiled them because they've upgraded all their legendaries and, you know, they're the type of player that raids and does all that stuff a ton. There's two reasons why you would do it. Number one, you've upgraded all of your legendaries and you have no other reason to gather Awakening Essences, so they're just building up in your bags for no reason. Or number two, you don't want to upgrade the existing legendaries that you have right now because they're not quote-unquote good legendaries so you're stockpiling these things so that you can rng your way to the ideal legendary once 7.3.5 comes out exactly and that's not really that's not really what uh, blizzard wants not really what people want the other part of this is that right well before today you could only get the awakening essences if you were on the quest you could only be on the quest if you had a legendary so people were going to the auction house to buy legendaries to start the quest and people were kind of concerned like is there, you know, should I be buying legendaries just so I can stockpile these? Are you going to change the currency at any point so stockpiling will be useless? Is this going to be what's... reset when 735 comes yeah. out? Yeah. Um, so, you know, this was like last Friday they announced the token thing. And then over the weekend, a lot of people were like, well, here's all these issues. So yesterday, I think they announced and today went into place. Um, Awakening Essence now can be gathered on all characters, regardless of whether or not they're on the quest or have a legendary which means you don't have to buy one off the auction house just to start farming ahead of time. Um, that's in the game right now. The other change that they're making for 735 when it actually goes live is that the amount used or the amount to purchase the tokens is going up drastically, they said. Uh, we don't, I don't think they have an amount yet. They didn't list an amount, and I don't think we have a PTR build with the amount, but it sounds like it's going up quite a bit, and alongside that, Awakening Essence rates will go up quite a bit with 735 as well. The goal there is to make it so the rate that you get the tokens in 735 is roughly the same as it would have been, but stockpiling ahead of time is going to be less advantageous because maybe you'll 
I don't know what amount they're eating, but it was 175 before. Let's just say it's a thousand. Stockpiling a thousand right now will take forever. Would be one legendary when the patch comes out, maybe. Um, then when the patch comes out, the drop rate's going to go up drastically. So you'll be able to farm them just as quickly as you could now. I think the whole. Did they mention something about the emissary bags too? There, there, yeah. So the emissary bags, you also don't need to stockpile those because um, they kind of headed this one off before players could do it or question it is um like if you stockpile them now and open them after the patch they're going to have the lower drop rate so the the increased drop rate on awakening essence only applies to things earned after the patch drops okay and there's also they're going to add awakening essences to your first battleground of the day the win yes yeah okay I think the goal here, what they were going for here, they're not trying to punish people per se. What they're trying to do is discourage people from logging on and feeling obligated like they have to stockpile these things so that they have the best edge when 735 comes out. Because that's not, yeah. not their intent. They don't want people to feel like they have to start stockpiling these things now 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 in preparation for the day when it all goes like it's not that big of a deal it's supposed to be a <laughs> mechanism not yeah. like yeah they don't they don't want people to feel like they're obligated to do this right now especially since 735 yeah. isn't even out yet it's it's they don't they don't I, I i don't think that they really care for when people indulge in that kind of behavior it's no. like that's not the intent of what they do of of the changes that they're making or of the stuff that they're introducing the point isn't to make people feel obligated to suddenly start farming up a bajillion of these things right away or anything like that the point is it's something nice that's coming out with 735 you can you can get yeah. part of the stuff to get these things like now but you shouldn't feel like you have to go out and get it now 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 the stuff or that's... you shouldn't have to like hold off on upgrading yeah exactly you shouldn't hold off on upgrading the legendaries that you already have. I have like, I don't know how many legendaries I have on my rogue. I have a stupid number of legendaries on my rogue. And I think I've upgraded one item so far. That's it. Um, I've, I've upgraded a couple, but... I play I mean, very casually, though. That's why. Yeah, I've upgraded the ones that I needed upgraded. Like the good ones, quote-unquote. Yeah. Um, the other thing to note is the tokens are BOP. Uh, and that that is intentional. They don't want to make BOA tokens um, because they don't want you, you know, farming on every single alt just to funnel it to one character. However, this is the system where if you have all of your classes legendaries, not your specs, but your classes, the token, uh, I think it gives you like a random classes BOA token. So it's not it's not like the token becomes um, BOA itself. It's you buy the purified titan essence i think is what it's called and you'll get say a death knight legendary token which means that you send that to your death knight because that token's boa and then the death knight uses it for a random legendary but it's randomly chosen it's not yeah yeah it's okay it, it's still ba it's just to like you know if you literally have no legendaries to get on your um main it's to help with alts but primarily it's they don't want people farming on their alts just to funnel to characters. They don't want people farming ahead of time right now and you know, all that fun stuff. <laughs> it's, all right, well, it's just the kind of thing where they, they don't want feel, people to feel like they're obligated to farm a bunch of junk. That's not that's not the point. Yeah. Well, that's exactly. completely unrelated to that. But also we know this week um, Blaze is out from Heroes of the Storm, the Firebat. Yeah. So you've been playing him since I know you. Um, what's he right like? Now. What's He's he like? Awesome. I, I love him. He... I think Alex last week compared him to Chen, but said he was like Chen, but good. 
Is, is, <laughs> did you say that that's the case? <laughs> kind of. Uh, I I like Chen. He's he's Chen, but easier. I'd say because Chen has a bit of a, a skill hurdle. Um, he's really really tanky, and he's good at laning. So he he's a solid solo laner. Um, because he he has self heals, he has AOE damage. Like he's just strong overall. He's totally gonna get nerfed. But design wise, he's intended to be a strong solo laning warrior, like a tanky warrior. And right now, uh, he can do that, but he can also deal a lot of damage, at least with certain builds. And that's I'm having a ton of fun doing that right now. I think Anne, you were the one that had kind of a maxim that all heroes of the storm characters come out ridiculously overpowered. Yeah, yeah. they do. It's it's like Anytime they debut a new hero, that new hero is ridiculously fun to play, partially because they're pretty ridiculously OP. <laughs> and within yeah, like the I... first two weeks, they get some nerfs to bring them back in line. <laughs> yeah, my damage right now, like I've been in several games where I have top siege hero and damage taken, which damage taken is what you're supposed to get as a warrior or quote unquote supposed to get. Um, but earlier in one of the games, I charged into like three or four enemy heroes and granted it, it was ai so they're not like you know you probably couldn't do this in a quick match but i charged into them and i did a ton of damage to all of them and did not die um and i think i even managed to kill one of them so like he's super tanky right now and i, th- I think if anything his damage is going to be nerfed because with the damaging build he can do a lot but i think he is intended at least my impression is that he is intended to be a very tanky solo laner with a decent amount of minion clear i don't think his hero damage is going to remain as high as it is but who knows he's a lot of fun though um he looks like a lot of fun i tried him on the ptr like in try mode and with hanzo like i I told you guys i was kind of iffy on it i ended up changing my mind and was kind of happy with him but with, with blaze it was no question it was yeah day one purchase totally getting this guy he's a ton of fun and that's what was that mitch you said you said you like hanzo you like him i i I don't. Were you? I don't know if you were on the one when I did this. No, I think you were. I, I went Mitch, back. I'm on all of them. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> was gone. Um. Yeah. I I changed my mind about Hanzo. He, you know, once you got the right build, he's actually very fun. Okay. I'm happy. You, you're very protective of Hanzo. Yeah, I like Hanzo. <laughs> yeah, but he was he was more questionable. Whereas Blaze is like, yeah, this is this is my jam, and I'm enjoying him immensely. Okay, well, he's out now, so if you guys are listening, you can go burn people to death in your giant robot suit. Ah, oh, it's so great. There's so much fire everywhere. I just love it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, you think about that for a few seconds, and you realize it's kind of terrifying. But um, We should also mention that Hearthstone's uh, been having some problems with daily quest bugs, and uh, they haven't fixed the bugs yet. The, the, the problem's been around since December, but they haven't actually gotten it fixed yet. But they have handed out um, free card packs to everybody who's been playing. Um, I think it was three card packs per uh, all players um, yesterday evening. So if you haven't logged on, you can do that right now and get yourself three free cards. Free and they're card the packs, Cobalt sorry. and Catacombs packs. Yeah, so they're brand new cards. Yeah. They're, they're from this expansion. So if you've been dying to try them out, now is a really good time to do that since they're right there waiting for you. Yeah. Eagerly you calling log, your name. If you log on to the launcher, they're in the gift section. You just have to claim them is all um what was going on there was just like daily quests weren't popping up and they still people are still having a problem with this where they aren't popping up and they're not sure what exactly is causing this problem as of yet they're working on fixes to address it but it's still not 100 percent 
fixed and there's workarounds for it where people, you know, if they log off and log back on or if they go to do a match and then they're done with the match or whatever, all of a sudden the quest will pop up. It's kind of random. Um, there's a bunch of different workarounds for it. Um, and just to compensate for that, because obviously it's an issue, it's a problem. People really like doing their daily quests. They don't like the fact that they're not popping up. Um, they decided to send people the card packs as just kind of a, whoops, we're sorry. We're working on it, but we're sorry. <laughs> and I'm yeah, cool and I that. mean, that's like, aren't dailies are one of the few ways to get gold in that game. Yeah. So it it is, I mean, for a casual player, that is how you get packs. It's, so it's yeah, kind of it's really frustrating. <laughs> because <laughs> it's like well what do i have to do log in log out do the hula stand on my head <laughs> yeah, present an offering people... to the almighty broad i don't i don't know <laughs> some people were actually yeah like the log in log out uh log in play for a few minutes log out there were a lot of different suggested ways to work around it and none uh, of them is universally effective I, so. honestly i always just sacrifice them to the old gods yeah. Mitch, Mitch, when you make yourself a sandwich, you're not actually sacrificing anything to the old gods. That's a sacrifice, silly. <laughs> anyway, before Mitch, before Mitch kills somebody and <laughs> we're all in trouble, um, Overwatch League starts tomorrow yes. uh, as we're recording this. And the Overwatch skins, the Overwatch League skins are now, what, are they live? Do they already yes, live? Yes, they live. are. They are available in-game. You can purchase them now. Um well, okay, you can't purchase them. What you purchase is you purchase Overwatch League tokens, and you can use those tokens to get the skins. Um, it's 100 tokens per skin, and I 312 think... 312 skins. Th yeah, there's like 312 skins, because there's one skin per team per hero, so you're looking at there's a dozen teams out there and then there's 26 26 heroes yep. yeah 26 heroes in overwatch so multiply that together you get a very large staggeringly large number but everybody who logs in between now and february 9th you're given 100 overwatch league tokens just for logging in so you can get one free skin like you can you can immediately log on get a skin for your favorite team for your favorite hero and yay You've done that. Um, they are actually selling the tokens. Um, you can get 100 tokens, enough for one skin, for roughly five bucks, five bucks or so. And then, yeah, $4.99. Yeah, they're offering a special token packet of 2,600 tokens, and that'll get you a full team skins worth of heroes. You don't have to spend it all on the same team. It just gives you the 2,600 tokens to distribute as, as you see fit to get which teams you want to get for which heroes you want to get them for. Um, the 2600 the packet of 2600 is going to set you back, though, $99. Now, you should point so, out that this is different than loot boxes. It this is. is. This is pretty much guaranteed. You know, you, you go in, you spend the money, you get the tokens for, and spend them however you you're want. You're purchasing like, currency yeah. to buy the skins that you want to get. And the idea, yeah. at least I think what they were saying, is that the... The purchases actually benefit the teams. Yes. Which is why you can't get them with credits or in loot boxes because, you know, if someone had saved up credits or, you know, was just leveling up or playing the game and got the skins that way um, through credits or loot boxes, it doesn't benefit the team. This way, it benefits the teams directly. I don't know if we know what percentage they get. I'm not it... sure, but I do know that the reason that they implemented this token system was so that they could more easily keep track of 
which yeah, team people was like if you want to support if you're a big fan of say i don't know uh the dallas fuel right and and you want to support make sure that you're supporting the dallas fuel in every aspect and everything they they need a way to track that you're purchasing these skins specifically because you're supporting the dallas fuel so when you get the tokens okay you have the tokens you can spend them on any team you want well, if the tokens are being spent on the Dallas Fuel, then they have a record of, oh, okay, this was being put over here. <laughs> this many tokens were being given to this team. That kind of thing. Um, yeah. The, which They are expensive, sense. though. Yeah, they, like, they aren't cheap. <laughs> if, I mean, I, I know there's, there's probably going to be someone out there, and, you know, kudos to you for being able to do it, uh, but a full... All of the skins. If you want every single team's skin for every single team's hero, it's going to set you back a roughly twelve hundred bucks, which is, uh, yeah, it's a sizable chunk you. of change. Um, now, I do think it's interesting that they're doing it this way, not just for the tracking aspect that you mentioned, but because it is so thoroughly non-random. Yeah, and I, I actually yeah. I like that. I think that's good that they're they're giving you something that is so thoroughly non-random. That's I do that's I do wonder if it's because it's a sports thing that they don't want it to even remotely resemble gambling in any way. They don't, don't want to even hear it. I don't know if it's that or if it's just they want to make sure that each team is getting an appropriate amount of credit as far as you know people supporting them that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and they can keep track of which teams are doing really well on the popularity standpoint. I don't know. Um, or perhaps they think there are a lot of Overwatch players who are going to spend that twelve hundred bucks Mitch just mentioned. I'm sure <laughs> I don't, there I don't are think some. that there are, but I think that I mean initially when I was looking at this, I was like, "Wow, five bucks a skin? That's not cheap. That's kind of steep, honestly. That that feels a little steep to me." But then when I was thinking about it, I'm like, "Wait, no, because you're getting a guaranteed skin for the team that you want and the hero that you want it for." So like, yeah, if you could do that for the other skins in Overwatch, people would jump for it. Probably, probably. Yeah, imagine if you could go just buy Witch Mercy. I yeah. mean, you can do that. That's that's what credits are there for. But that's credits, what the credits are, are not there easy for. To come yeah, but the credits are. I mean, you have to do other stuff for the credits. This is this is purely a. It's sort of like it's sort of like selling jerseys. You know, like when yeah, teams I mean, sell it, team jerseys and things like jerseys. that. Yeah, it, it's like a digital version of a jersey. And when I think of it that way, I'm like, okay. The price doesn't seem that steep when you think of it that way. Because have you ever tried to buy a team jersey? Like from the MLB store they're, or the NFL shop? They are not cheap. <laughs> they are I was, not. I had one when I was a kid. Yeah. My, my, my dad bought me one thinking I liked football. Uh-huh. And I didn't. But it was the year the Patriots were trying to go to the Super Bowl. Like, you see, back when I was a kid, everyone hates Whoa, the Patriots disgust. now. Everyone hates the I'm Patriots sorry, you said here. the P word. <laughs> yeah, but here's, here's the thing. I grew up in the 80s when the Patriots couldn't win a football game yeah. if the devil showed up and offered them a deal. I mean, they would, they were <laughs> terrible. You guys are used to the Patriots as this unstoppable juggernaut of football. I'm not used to the Patri Patriots as anything. I'm used to them as the team that loses constantly, and the closest we got was we managed to beat the Dolphins, and then the Bears destroyed us. So... It, it, it was, that's the only time I've ever had one, but I remember how the effort he went through to get it. So yeah, F football jerseys ain't cheap. And before so. people start jumping down my throat for making disgusted noises about the Patriots, yes, yes, I know they are wildly popular. I would like to remind you that I live in Colorado, so therefore I'm supposedly supporting the Broncos, and I'm putting air quotes around that right now because did you see them play this season? 
No, you no. didn't, because they didn't really play. <laughs> they were oh. awful. They were Ouch. so bad. They were so bad. <laughs> so I'm coming from a very bitter space. I just, I, just I, I need to couch this in that. Okay. I, I gotta say, I love how you're like, you're sitting here. You're very positive. You're laughing. You, you sound very upbeat as you utterly destroy them. Yeah. You just you cut them <laughs> off at the knees. <laughs> Did you see them play? No, because they did. Like, oh God! <laughs> Just... <laughs> even know why they feel bad right now. <laughs> this is what it's like when I ask Anne for advice on articles. And I do love them. Don't get me wrong. I do love them. I'm very happy that they won like Super Bowl Fifty. All that. I got to yada, see yada, them. Yada. I'm glad I got to see them win a Super Bowl because I don't think I'm going to see them win another one in my lifetime. But you know. <laughs> hey, let's move on. Um. So okay. anyway, data, data mine stuff that's not, I don't think it's actually spoilery. We, we know that they've now fully worked out how we're going to lose our artifacts. Uh, there's a cut scene we now get to see where you get to see how it works. Um, okay, don't say just, anything about it because that's spoiler just, territory. And also I haven't seen exists. it yet, so I need I to go look either. at that. Cut scene exists. Um, I was not expecting new... to see Kaplan pop up in it. I'll just say that. Yeah, it's I know. It's a mechanic where Kaplan shows up and says, no more artifact for you, and chops it out of your hand. Um, and then he no. recruits you for his and Overwatch team. And then his beard grows three times its normal size. <laughs> but, but there is now, we also know there's a mechanic called artifact instability. That, that There's debate back and forth on whether or not it really is actually happening or if it's just cosmetic. But you now see your artifact freaking out, basically. So I, yeah. And that's coming in 735, apparently. We don't know exactly if it's going to be at launch or if it's going to be down the road from launch. But yeah, that's that's definitely now in the game. So we do know that the mechanic for Artifact, why the Artifacts don't go forward into Battle for Azeroth is now established. That, also, I, still have, I still have questions about that, especially with the Shadow Breeze Dagger. But well, for Shadow Breeze Daggers, time. literally some sane person plucks it out of your hands, whacks you on the nose and goes, no, bad, this is evil. Stop using it and throws it in a bin. <laughs> okay, but but at least that way, like it's gonna wind up in someone's hands eventually. Yeah, that's the point of the thing. It's 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 lore. We know. Uh, honestly, I don't. There's still a lot of. For me, it's interesting to think about the idea that you know, does that mean the Ashbringer now it permanently ends up just on somebody's wall? I mean, you know, it's the Ashbringer. I mean, some of these weapons got introduced in this expansion. The Doomhammer. I mean, yeah. If you bring really? it back to Thrall and go, sorry, I broke it. <laughs> Here, uh, you know how you let me borrow the Doom Hammer? Well, it's here. Also here and here and here. What I'm trying to say here is it's in pieces, but I put them on a necklace for you. And Thrall's just like staring at you. The best part is like, there's, there's skins of the Doom Hammer where it literally is shattered in pieces yeah. of it are floating around the central wall. <laughs> just hand him that. Here you go. Oh, and here's the Bernie one that comes with it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a little sack. <laughs> what is this? Well, it's the Doom I'm Hammer. Ready get, I'm ready to get back in the game. Can I have my weapon? Oh, oh, oh. man. Hold on, hold on. I got it in a box here. You pick this up a box and start dumping it out. Yeah. Pieces of oh, falling down in his feet. He's looking at it. Oh, God. <laughs> to a point you mentioned, uh, there's a lot of stuff on the 735 PTR. Oh, yeah, done. But we don't know the release cycle. Like, yeah, there is a very high chance that very much of this will be staggered. Not just allied races, if we get those in seven three five, but 
the way you know when They're weapons in... go away and all that stuff. Any quest stuff that comes in, anything like that, it could all be spaced out, and that actually kind of makes yeah. sense because when you look at, well, I mean, when you look at the Argus patch or the Broken Shore patch, um, when those came out all of the content that was in that it wasn't available from day one it was unlocked over a period of time and they may be doing the same thing with 735 so that would make a lot of sense especially also since keep they're... in mind that we don't have a release date yet for 735 like we don't know when it's coming out <laughs> I just want to throw it that out there like we soon. still don't know when it's coming out guys <laughs> Yeah, we, we we basically like the people are estimating any time between next week and sometime in February. Like, I, I can't see it coming out after the Call of the Scarab event, which is January twenty something. That's two weeks from now, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I want to say yeah, that I, next I week it's going to come out the next two weeks, likely or the week after that. I feel like it coming out on the day of the Scarab event is pushing it, but I could see it happening because it's Blizz. But I'm I'm willing to go along with the idea of next week that. Yeah, that makes the most sense for they, me. They I had to write an article. Things too. Yeah. Like, well, I plus I had to write an article for uh, talking about speculating on when Battle for Azeroth's coming out, and one of the things I, I mentioned was that if it if it matches up to the release time for like the the fastest expansion release in what I call the modern game, um, was the Cataclysm to Mist of Pandaria release. That's ten months. So if seven three five launches right now. And we have the the next expansion in ten months from that. That's putting it in like November, October, November, and, and yeah. that would still be more than two years from expansion start to expansion start, which yeah, they've but, only done like once. But we also don't have a giant bunch of blank space in theory. I don't and know. The other thing they haven't put out anything like an alpha or, or beta, like. We haven't seen anything like that. We don't. We, I mean, we, we did see the alpha on the launcher, like not not the alpha itself, but like preparations for the alpha. Yeah, and it's a certainly possible that they could launch it any time. We don't know. We have no idea when that's going to oh happen. Oh God, they just launched during the show. Yeah, it's not. The, Mitch, you went on just, vacation. Just kidding. Go on another vacation, and they'll probably launch it again. Uh, but no, no please seriously. don't do that. <laughs> seriously, though, I don't. I don't. I don't want to do that. I don't want to miss the alpha launching. But one of the things I am thinking about, though, is in terms of like when they're going to put out Battle for Azeroth, they're putting a lot of stuff in this patch that is very clearly might not even actually come out in 735 at all um, or might might be divorced from it. It's one of those situations that you've seen throughout this expansion where they've put stuff in to make sure it was all in place and working. And then it almost it launched way later. Like, almost to the point where another patch was going to come out. Well, it's sort so, of like Nighthold was there when Legion initially came out, but we didn't actually get Nighthold until January of the following year. Yeah, exactly. Year. So, there was the a space. Um, and it was the same thing with the Broken Shore. The Broken Shore patch came out, but then the Tomb of Sargeras didn't open until later, you know. I still say we get 735 in the next week or two, Alpha shortly after that, and then Summer for the expansion. Well, I mean, That's I my call. Like I would okay. like it to be summer, and I believe I even said in my my article. I think I said something like uh, July, which is incredibly optimistic. Uh, but I That's think I went super with it. optimistic. I, I mean, I come out for my birthday. Don't get me wrong. I love your optimism. I, I love all optimism, but I don't know if that's realistic. I get yeah, from making in order sacrifices for, to yog. <laughs> in order for in order for it to actually happen, it would have to beat the time of Burning Crusade's launch. Burning Crusade came out like five months from the last patch of World of Warcraft. 
the it's going to happen. 1.12 Drums of War. If you don't count Drums of War, because Drums of War was purely a PvP patch, if you go straight back to the uh, the um, Naxxramas patch, it still came out seven months. I feel like Burning Crusade is kind of like, it should be considered an exception to that, though, because I don't think that you should be looking at the time from the last patch to the launch of Burning Crusade. I think you should be looking at when was Burning Crusade announced and how long did it take them to come out with the expansion after that announcement? Uh, if, you, if you're doing that, then you know, Burning Crusade was announced well before. It was well before. In I but go off again, time if you look at If you look at when uh, Wrath of the Lich King came out, it's yeah. pretty similar, actually. Uh, Wrath of the Lich King was about seven months from the end of Burning Crusade. Yeah, the true. last, the, you know, so they were doing a well. pretty... They were doing a pretty decent job of putting stuff out in a, like a relatively short amount of time, and then they stopped doing that right after Wrath. Wrath is the last time they did that. And from well, Cataclysm Kata... was kind of a monstrous undertaking yeah. too. And and so was Mists. Really, getting yeah. Mists out in ten months was nothing short of miraculous. Um, that's the, the fact that also... we went from Cata. I think that the difference, though, between Cataclysm and Mist is Cataclysm, they weren't just giving us a new expansion. They were also revamping the entirety of the old world, redoing all of the maps, making them capable of flight, and redoing like that 1 to 60 content for probably about three quarters of Azeroth, if not more than that. So, I mean, there was a lot in Cataclysm. The fact that Cataclysm didn't Cataclysm took a while to come out, but when Cataclysm went to mists, that's when you got the ten months, and that's the last time it's been anywhere under a year. Like we've not had it under a year since. Yeah, uh, summer twenty eighteen or bust. So we're I when I say I th- I'm, I postulated July of twenty eighteen, that doesn't mean I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, I, it's what I would like to see happen, and what I it's, think they could feasibly do. It's optimistic, but, uh, maybe wishful thinking, but optimistic. Yeah. But, uh, okay, otherwise, um, I'm trying to think of what else we should be talking about. Return to Tristram started, yes? Yeah, we, it started, but I think we talked about it last week. Did we talk like about thinking... it last week, the Diablo yeah, anniversary think... event? Okay. Yeah, so um, other than saying go play that, because it's really cool, I don't think there's much else to say. I think we pretty much covered everything, except we didn't really talk about Overwatch League itself much, but I don't feel like really there's much to say. There's there's teams, go, it's go watch. It tomorrow, 6 p.m. Pacific, if I remember correctly. Uh I want to say the first teams that are duking it out is the LA Valiant and San Francisco Shock. Shock? I think that's yeah. what you talked about, Chad. Um, yeah. It's 6 p.m. Do, Central tomorrow, excuse me. Do we want to talk about the the Wednesday thing now or at the end of the show? Um, Let's go ahead and bring that up at the end of the show. Okay. Mystery for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Stick around. There's going to be some interesting news at the end of the show. I'm right pregnant. now. Right now. Thanks, Mitch. I needed that. Um, right now, we're going to do through some emails. Uh, if you have an email for the show, please send it to uh, podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or Blizzard Watch so we know it's for this show. Um, and you can try and keep them to within tweet length. And I, the new tweet length is fine, but keep it to within tweet length. And so we know, you know, we can get it out and get to discussing it as quickly as possible. Uh, Ian usually reads this for those for us. So if you don't mind taking it for us now, Ian. Okay, um, before we hop into the emails, if you enjoy our show, you should consider checking out Munchpack at blizzardwatch.com slash munchpack. That's M-U-N-C-H-P-A-K. Inside every Munchpack is a selection of snacks from around the world. Munchpack offers a variety of pack sizes and delivery schedules, and you can customize the types of snacks you receive with your personal tastes or dietary restrictions in mind. A few items from the sample pack that we received include French bonbons, sea salt and malt vinegar crisps from the UK, uh, Roastbusters coffee from the coffee shop at Horrors in Orlando, can 
a Romulan ale, and a teddy bear snack cake from Poland. Munchpack also provides gifting options, so if you want to get one for a friend, you don't ha- necessarily have to get one for yourself. Um, and if you decide to sign up for it, hey, it helps support the show. And we appreciate that, too. Again, you can check that out at blizzardwatch.com slash munchpack. That's M-U-N-C-H-P-A-K. And emails. Our first email here is from Alessander, who says, Hello, Watchers. Last time the old gods were in control of the elemental lords, there probably weren't many shamans, shamans around. Shamans? Shamans. Shaman, shamans. No. <laughs> there probably weren't many shaman around. <laughs> Now that there are, how will the old gods' potential resurgence affect the shaman and their elementals? Well, keep in mind that the uh, old gods don't inherently rule the elementals. They beat them into submission last time. In fact, there was a war. The elemental lords fought the old gods, and the only reason they ended up serving them was because they lost. Uh, They were very happy about it. It's not like they were happy fun times with the old gods or anything. Well, some of them, like Ragnaros, seem to feel like, well, I like destroying things, and you guys like destroying things, so they've maintained kind of an association since. Um, whereas others like Neptalon are like, nope, 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 and and you know, they had to actually send a face hugger after him. So the each each elemental lord seems to have their own opinion on them. Um, I think Therizane was relatively neutral. Like, she didn't seem to care much one way or the other. Uh, Alakir obviously was working with Deathwing back in the Cataclysm. The new ones all, like, th- there's two replacements, and I don't remember the names. I think one of them's named Smolderon, but I can't remember the... Oh, no, it is. It's actually uh, Thunderon. Thunderon is the new yeah. elemental. Yeah. So the Thunderon and, and uh, Smolderon both definitely seem to dislike the old gods. They all work together against the Legion, so there's at least somewhat of a pulling together at the moment. I don't expect the old gods will automatically regain the control of the elementals. I don't think it's going to work that way, but there's plenty of elementals that would work with them because they've been working with them overall. So why wouldn't they? I definitely expect it to be more polarizing. I don't think shamans are just going to be like, Oh no, the elements won't work with us anymore. I I think it's going to be fascinating that like the elemental Lords, those were put in place by the old gods initially Unless that changed. Did they change that? They, they Chronicle? changed it. In, in Chronicle, the Elemental Lords were fighting each other before the Old Gods even showed up. Okay. And when the Old Gods showed up, the Elemental Lords were like, nope, you guys, we don't want you here. And they tried to team up. But the Old Gods had the advantage of literally limitless troops. Right. Like The Elementals can actually be destroyed. And when they are destroyed, they tend to go back to an Elemental Plane or you know, they coalesce back into Elements and then they come back. The the old gods could just disgorge army after army after army from their own bodies and they just overwhelm them. They're so good at everything. There's a couple of things I need to go back and review from Chronicle and that's one of those things is just the the old gods elementals, that whole conflict that started everything. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't think that it's really going to do anything to the shaman. Right now, the shaman brought them all back together again and they're all united, happy-go-lucky fighting the Burning Legion. I would assume that now that they've had a chance to kind of establish that unity, they wouldn't really be up to like jump on the back of the old gods again. And and like, I think it would be cool to have a subclass like like the dark shamans. I, I don't know old god I, shamans. No, I wouldn't do that. I w- I wouldn't go that far. But like, uh, no, I don't think that's gonna happen. I, I, I cool. feel like the reason the elementals were serving the old gods before is like what you said, Rossi. I mean, what they said in Cataclysm. I or not in Cataclysm and Chronicle, they were fighting and they lost. 
And yeah, so, and they were, they were and that's bound how they ended up. Yeah. Well, that was when the the elementals were just the elementals, and now they've got us at their back too. They've got the shaman of the earthen ring at their back, fighting at their side. So I don't think that it's going to be a case where the old gods are just going to swoop in and say, "Hey, you want to serve us again? Come do it." It's not I mean, even. It's not going to work yeah. that way. <laughs> Even in Cataclysm, you know, Neptalon didn't have to go along with them just because they existed. Like, he didn't, you know, if if they hadn't had, like, they had to use the Naga to get into his place. They didn't, they couldn't just command him. Uh, same with Therizane. Um, when Alakir and, and Ragnaros worked with them, they worked with them. They chose to do that. Now, are there elementals who are going to work with the guys like the, uh, the Twilight's Hammer? Absolutely. There always have been. There are some elementals who, after like literally thousands of years of servitude to the old gods, are broken or corrupted or just plain like the message. There's some elementals that go along with it, and there will always be. I think the Twilight's Hammer is going to keep existing. I think there will be elementals that they do twisted stuff with. That's part of the old gods' kit. They know how to do that. But I don't think it's going to be as easy as the elemental lords just going back underneath the old gods' sway. Inherently, the elemental lords don't want to work for anybody. They want to be in charge themselves. That's why they're elemental lords. Mitch, do you have anything else to add? No, I mean, um, Rossi did mention Twilight's Hammer, and you know they're they're still around, but I don't want to get into that too much because it's seven three stuff. Okay. Okay. Um, next email then is from Johannes, who has two questions, and they're both relatively brief. Let's go ahead and just do them one at a time here. First one, Dorother, Taronda's owl. Is that a sentinel scout owl, and are the scout owls actual owls summoned through nature magic, or are they nature magic constructs like a mage's familiar, but summoned with nature magic instead of arcane? Because I can't see the sentinels being hypocrites and using arcane magic while shunning the highborn. Rossi, do you have input on this? It's a spirit. It's not a it's not an arcane thing. It's literally an owl spirit. It, it hangs around the Temple of the Moon and hangs around with Taranda. Uh, it's straight up just just an owl spirit. That's it. Yeah. Nothing. I mean, it, there is obviously something magical about that, but it's not like arcane magic. Uh, it's it's nature. It's nature in that it is a natural thing, but it isn't even nature magic. It's it'd be like it's kind of like having a smaller version of one of the you know at the the big ancients it's just a spirit it's an owl spirit that's it so um kind of related to this the the sisters fight in uh was it was it tomb of sargeras that had the yeah, sisters? i think so yeah yeah they did summon i think it was named moon talon so it had a specific name but that fight was largely about arcane and shadow energies with the phases of the moon um well we, was that the same case it's you kind of have to look at what I was going to point out here was that when you look at druids, druids use nature magic, yes, but when you look at balanced druids, it's a balance between there's the whole natural magic, nature magic type stuff, but they also use arcane style magic, and I don't, I mean, like moonfire and all that other stuff. Is that still classified as arcane? Because it was for the longest I, yeah, time, sure. and when you lock somebody out of arcane school of magic, balanced druids can't do anything with moonfire. Um, it ended. It's also worth pointing spam. out. <laughs> it's worth pointing out too that Moon's Fire used to be like a Taronda ability. Yeah. In in Warcraft Three, Moonfire was actually it was a priesty a, thing. Yeah, Taronda. But uh, Taronda has two companions. She's got Ashala, the saber cat, and Dorothur, the owl. Both are like Dorothur is a spirit owl. It's not an owl spirit. It's a spirit owl. So it is a living owl that has spiritual qualities. 
uh, just like the saber cat is a saber cat. They're just they're actual animals that hang out with her. Yeah. It's really that simple. It's there's nothing, nothing. There's nothing magical about it aside from it's probably a little magical just because it hangs out with her. Uh, if, if anything, you know, hanging out with the high priestess of Loon. Side note: probably... I always felt that it was kind of a little hypocritical that you had balanced druids using arcane magic, and yet the highborn were shunned for using the arcane. But I think it's less of a matter of what type of magic you're using, and more a matter of how you're using it. Because the highborn were just channeling it and doing, you know, spells of mass destruction and really terrible things. To like, be fair, I don't know, the high... inviting the burning legion in, that kind of thing. Uh, highborn even got forgiven for that, and as long as like, okay, don't do that kind of stuff anymore. Just live with our new laws. And they were like, nope, huge magical storm. <laughs> I was like, all right, that's Look, it. we're going to show you how much we need this by igniting half of Ashen Vale. <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry. Uh, from the beginning, the Sunstrider dynasty has always been kind of jerks. And uh, the part where like his response to, you know, we really need you to chill out with the arcane magic was more arcane magic. No, sorry. You're out. <laughs> This is like if you go in your you got a roommate and you go in and you knock on the door like dude, uh, I'm trying to study here. You really need to tune the music down. Oh yeah, I understand. I'll tune the music down. I'll tune it all the way down into infrasound and start shaking the house. It's like okay, yeah, you're out. Take your stuff. You're gone. Go, you, get on a boat. Go over it's there. It's like they decided that when you said be quiet, it was because you didn't appreciate the music enough. So they need to turn it up louder so that you learn to appreciate it. I do feel this way about uh, the the void energy and the old gods. I do really think that you're just missing something there that's not really fully understood by most people. All right. Next question. And this is going to be our last one because, man, we had a lot of news today. Uh, okay. Uh, second question from Johannes says, secondly, roleplay wise, with my human palette and witnessing what was happening between Zero and Illidan and the whole quote unquote creepy bad touch vibe the entire scene had, my paladin went from idolizing Turalian to suddenly thinking the man was blinded by the light. Sorry for the bad pun, but that was for Mitch. <laughs> I love you. My paladin isn't a the ends justify the means type and had suddenly come to respect Illidan and his power. He walked away from that encounter with his core beliefs shaken. And I was wondering if any of you watchers had any thoughts on if there's going to be any major re re repercussions due to different reactions to that one scene, i.e. a paladin losing faith in the light and turning to the void and somehow still harnessing power but void-based, or a warlock being thrilled that a creature of the light could do such a thing, and we get warlocks summoning familiars like Lothraxian. Okay, that would be... Lothra <laughs> summoning, summoning a holy demon like Lothraxian, I am all for that. I don't think these things will happen. No, but um, doesn't that sound cool? That sounds... <laughs> just... It's and it, likely... it would work too with the uh, the the um, Antorus or Argus armor, like the cloth armor. The it would work perfectly. You got gold armor. You got a gold demon. You're ready to just just do gold? stuff with the light. Man, I'm See... tired of this fell stuff. Let's let's try dabbling in the light. <laughs> <laughs> See, the thing is, is there's much more likely to see uh, an NPC that might do this kind of thing. Like there could totally be a void paladin. Like you could totally see one. I, I can imagine one in a, in a raid somewhere down the road. Um, I don't think we're going to like get, you know, void is something paladins can just do. Like, I don't expect that to be it's like, you know, be a new playable thing. Yeah. Like even if it was just a cosmetic thing where all you're like, like, 
all your light stuff is now void based. I don't see it happening. I think they're going to keep paladins pretty pretty heavily light based. Um, and I don't think it's funny because in D and D you could have a warlock who actually has the holy pact and is like literally a warlock who made a deal with angels and so you could totally have like a Naru worshiping paladin like warlock that could actually happen if you use D and D rules. But I don't imagine it will happen in WoW too much. But it would be kind of cool. It, it would like, be super cool. But like. Anytime people ask like similar questions or something about new specs added, it's it's something I really really want, and I don't want to be the guy that like says, "Nah, it's never gonna happen." But it's just taking an existing class and adding something that drastic to it, it unless like you said, it's purely cosmetic, which Lothraxian, I, I guess, but he's sort of a, a unique exception to demons in general. Yeah. Um, it's I just don't think it's going to happen because it's just there's too much development and balance involved in making that sort of thing actually manifest in game. But NPCs could do that sort of thing. Like, I mean, uh, Verisa, it's Verisa, right, is um, yeah, the shadowy. Yeah, she yeah. she's a hunter, but she's like also totally voidy and she is bad. So like Illyria. OK, that's what I, Illyria is. Yeah, that makes more sense. But um, for that matter, I mean, there's still stuff that we saw in Legion that people have been like, oh, God, are we going to get that? And we haven't heard hide nor hair of us getting it. Like, for instance, Night Elf, Night Paladin. Elf Paladins. Yeah. yeah. There's a Night Elf Paladin in the in your order hall if you're playing the Paladin right now. And we still don't have any news that we're going to get Night Elf Paladins coming up. So, you know, never they, there's nothing stopping them from doing it, except they might want to do something else more. And that's always the trade-off with, with Blizzard does anything. Um, if they're going to make, you know, Void Paladins, even if it's just cosmetic, that's still development time that they're not using on something else. And I know we talk a lot about that, and there's the whole, that'll cost you a raid tier. But it, it might cost you something that isn't a raid tier. It might cost you something else that you don't even know it costs you. I mean, It they might could, cost that, you something that whole... that's applicable to everybody and not just Paladin. Or yeah. a, a new class that, you know, uses Void spells and uses the new graphics and animations that a quote-unquote void paladin would be using uh, instead of being a void paladin could go towards a whole new class that's kitted yeah. out entirely rather than a yeah. single spec or a couple you know, yeah it really it's one of the situations where you, you just don't know like it, it would be cool some of the stuff would be really cool i'd love night elf paladins and i'd find it hilarious if warlocks were summoning light demons or even <laughs> Imagine if they were just summoning Naru, like in various, like, like now you oh find out God. there's like t- tiny little Naru. This, this one's like a, a, a void, a void Walker style Naru. It punches for you. This Naru is much, is much more seductive than other Naru. <laughs> it's like, they're all just Naru. I don't, I don't get it, but you know, whatever. I, I, I'd laugh. This there's is a Naru. tanking Naru. Yeah. How could they be a tanking <laughs> Naru? They're all made out of crystal. This one's made out of really tough crystal. Meanwhile, priests are like, Wait, what the heck? I thought that was my thing. Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those things where it sounds cool logistically from like a story standpoint. And it's something that might be cool for like a bit of emphasis or to further that story along, depending on where they wanted to take that story more in. It's more it's more it sounds like more of a narrative thing that they would do than a gameplay thing that they would do if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It, it's something that has more punch as being part of a story than, oh, hey, here's a new thing you can play. Um, I, I, honestly, it would be more likely to go into a dungeon and like the third boss is Skotharas, the shadow, you know, the shadow warrior. 
and he does all these void attacks and he does paladin stuff but it's voidy and that I could see before you got it as a class thing and it's yeah. a bad thing and you punch him and then you get loot <laughs> that's what it sounds like it sounds like that kind of a mechanic type thing but um, I do like the idea though that your paladin character is kind of like having second guessing himself now because yeah I I always you know the Naru are just shady no pun intended. I feel like they are. <laughs> and they always have been. And now we're starting to kind of see that seep into the game a little bit. And I'm absolutely yeah. delighted every time we see mention of it. If, where it's like, someone... wow, that looks a little off kilter. And I'm like, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> if if someone listening wants to take Terralian's reaction in that cinematic and put like shook AF under it, I wouldn't complain if you're listening to this. Because he was pretty shook. Okay. So... That's a what a wonderful note. Thanks, Mitch. <laughs> no props. I'm just full of joy today. It's that, the sacrifices. The sacrifices. Up... <laughs> Speaking of snacks, if you enjoyed our show, again, consider checking out Munchpack at blizzardwatch.com slash munchpack, M-U-N-C-H-P-A-K, and you can get a wide variety of curated zany snacks for you to eat. And that has nothing to do with sacrifices. Well, I guess you'd be making kind of a sacrifice. Regardless. All right. That wraps us up for emails. Blizzard Watch. It's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on a podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you, Ann. Uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch show. If you have an email for said show, uh, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com, uh, subject line podcast or Blizzard Watch, so we know it's for this show and not the other show we do, which is also a good show. You should watch Laura Watch. And it's still on, by the way, because people keep sending us emails asking what happened to it. It's still on. It's We do it every two weeks. You, you, if you go to the main the main site, the website, blizzardwatch.com, click on the big button on the sidebar that says Lore Watch. It will take you to the feed for the show, and you'll see that we've been releasing them regularly. <laughs> it's all there. About, I mean, we, forgot, regularly we forgot to releasing that's, things. Yeah, I was segueing, Mitch, and you interrupted me. I was going to say, speaking of regular things, because um, we did mention bringing this up at the end of the show here, we are going to be moving the live show. Why? Because we do it every Tuesday, and every Tuesday is when Blizzard decides to dump a whole mess of news on us. Because, case in point, there was a new PTR build that came out at the end of the show. Yeah, Like, see? that stuff happens almost every week, it, and usually it's it's more than just WoW, it's a deluge of information. It's, yeah, it's Heroes, it's WoW, it's Overwatch, it's everywhere. It always happens on Tuesday, without fail. Well, we like doing the podcast, but we also like focusing on the news and writing up the news, and having to do both in the same day is a little bit chaotic. So as of next week, we are going to be moving the live show. It will be at the same time as usual. We're just going to be doing them on Wednesday afternoons instead of Tuesday afternoons. Um, and this is kind of something that we came to the conclusion of today while in a pile of news. <laughs> yeah. Blizzard, so, yeah. Blizzard has a tendency to just drop it all at once. Yes. But Wednesdays are the days that are usually immune to news. Wednesdays are reason. Wednesdays are usually pretty okay and don't contain any major deluges of information or anything. And also, if we, you know, broadcast these things live on Wednesdays, then we can talk about all that stuff that came out just the day before um, without having to talk about it as it's coming out on our screens. And we can all wear pink while we do the podcast. No. 
with, I, I do that anyway. With, that's why when, we need a day when, for that. Because oh, Wednesdays, Wednesdays we wear pink. Yeah, I know. I'm just kind we're of ignoring you I feel on like that it. front. So uh, for people that are tuning in for the live broadcast, or if you haven't been able to tune in for the live broadcast and you want to, keep in mind that the live show will be moving. Um, it will be the same time, same place on Twitch as usual. It's just Wednesdays instead of Tuesdays. And we will begin that schedule next week. Thanks, you guys, very much for listening. Yep. Uh, again, this has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll be here next week on Wednesday. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.